Well, hello. Welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blog cast. This is episode 107. 107. Uh, thank you for listening. Hello, 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 hello. Uh, today is a blog about, well, it was inspired by uh, my getting a migraine out in the world, out in, uh, out in public. Um, but it ends up being about a couple other things as well. So, uh, yeah. It is called Migraine Pose. And I want to read it to you right now. Here it is. Migraine Pose. A fashion magazine reported on a trend in modeling, which they called the Migraine Pose. Instagrammers pose with fingers pressed into temples and tag them. Hashtag migraine pose. The migraine community was not amused. For many, this fashion trend belittles a very serious and painful condition. It feels insensitive, like starting a trend of shaved heads and calling it hashtag cancer chic. But as a migrainer myself, I just find it kind of hilarious. And I just want it to go farther. Like, let's make ice hats and headbands fashionable. Let's get some shots of us out at fancy restaurants with our TheraBand medical ice headbands, washing down triptans with iced coffee. Or in my case, mixing up a delicious dried up old toothpaste flavored packet of Cambia. Dress me in an evening gown, give me a makeover, and then let the makeup run down my face from the ice melting, or running from the tears. I want glamour shots with bags of frozen peas. I want gauzy filters over migraineurs tucked into their beds in the dark with only an arty lamp to see them by. There's something about making an invisible illness visible that is extremely powerful. I started to think about this when I was struck by a migraine out in public and I tried this portable gel ice pack that I found at a Japanese market. It's this weird sticky cooling thing and I stuck it to the left side of my forehead in the middle of Starbucks at Barnes and Noble. And suddenly I was aware that my usually very private experience of suffering had become public. Anyone looking at me could register this odd bandage on my head and know that something was amiss. They probably didn't know what it was, but it was suddenly clear that something was. One of the reasons migraineurs have to fight so hard about things like the hashtag migraine pose is that strange contradictory stigma of not looking sick, of being seen as having just a headache when in fact migraine is a much more comprehensive neurological disorder the major media campaign is, it's not just a headache. So I'm thinking it might be time to start walking out in public with my ice hats. Of course, if it's a really bad migraine, there's not even a chance of my going anywhere. Those hashtag migraine poses will be in bed with a puke bucket nearby. Luckily, this is rare for me if I have access to good medication. I felt a bit embarrassed walking around with my weird gel pack stuck to my forehead and yet also suddenly accurate. My outside was accurately reflecting what was happening inside. It reminded me of what happens when I walk around with my guitar strapped to my back. People look at me with more interest. 
I become more visible, and I always feel funny about it, like I want to dismiss their interest, say to them, if you're thinking I'm cool because I'm carrying this guitar, that's very silly. But I also understand that people's perceptions of me are more accurate in those moments. I am always a person who plays guitar, even when I'm not carrying it around. Sometimes that outward expression matches my inward self. Whether or not that makes me cool is a whole other question. I mean, I am. My dentist thinks so anyway, but... Likewise, when I walked around with a gel pack stuck to my head, suddenly my outward expression reflected an actual, real, lived experience. Culturally, we want everyone to be okay all the time. We ask people how they are, expecting them to say fine. The cultural norm is to be disturbed by anyone with a diverging experience, an injury, a disability, an illness. I feel my own pressure to appear to be fine, even when I'm in pain. But no one is okay all of the time. And finding ways to include the range of people's experiences, particularly those who are suffering or have disabilities, will create a more compassionate society. Disability activists are leading the way here. You should read this amazing article about it. Uh, it's about Wild Disability Justice Dreams, and I can't remember the exact title, but I link to it in the blog, so check it out. <clears throat> Back to the blog. This all begins with making the invisible visible. For those with invisible illnesses or disabilities, that means finding ways to make them visible. For people with disabilities or illnesses that are harder to ignore, we need to start seeing the things that surround those experiences. We need to see the extra time it takes to get somewhere without appropriate accessible transportation. We need to see what happens when someone who needs access to plastic straws loses that access. And we need to seek this knowledge out instead of expecting to be educated or convinced of that need by those who are already overextended. For example, I knew that the New York City subways are a disaster in terms of their accessibility. It is a great blight on our city. The newly remodeled train station near me now features many flashing screens, but still has no elevator. It's happening all over New York, brand new flashy subway stations that are still not accessible. Anyway, that's a side note. What I'm saying is, I knew the subways were bad in this area, but even so, Zach Anner's video about trying to get a rainbow bagel made me understand much more fully what that lack of access really means to someone in a wheelchair. And it's so much worse than I thought. Visibility is key. I think. But also invisibility. Like, if you're not seeing folks with wheelchairs or other mobility aids at your job, it's probably likely that there are accessibility issues in your workplace. Looking at who is missing is, is as important, if not more so, than looking at who is there. And we all need to get better at inviting the people who are missing. And if I'm wearing an ice pack... I showed up with a migraine. Maybe give me a gentle high five because I showed up and it wasn't easy. But odds are pretty good that I could have a mild migraine and never mention it. So, you know, sometimes I'll show off my migraine pose and sometimes I won't. Also, if someone could invent a more portable ice hat situation, 
one that could get multiple uses without me having to lug around a melted ice hat. I'd be super excited about that. Then I'd be migraine posing all over the place. So, um, that is a story about migraines. Um, and funny, one of my, uh, my friends who is also, um, struck by chronic migraines, um, <laughs> she, she, she liked this story a lot, which I was very glad of. And she was like, tell me more about these gel stick on, uh, cooling packs. And I, I had to be like, yeah, they're not that great, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish they were good. They're not, though. They, like, they, for first of all, for me, they, you know, you, you can't really stick them in your hair. I don't think you should anyway. Anyway, I don't know. For me, I get my migraines, like, right above my ears. So, like, I don't want to stick them in my hair. Um, so it doesn't, like, hit quite the right spot. It's, like, next to the right spot. And then, uh, and they're not that cold. They're just sort of, like, slightly cooler than the rest of your body. Anyway, in case you were also being like, I need some of those cool, you don't, they're not that great, unfortunately, but maybe someone will invent one, and that would be awesome, so yeah, uh, what do I want to tell you, I want to tell you a couple of things, first, um, if you're not listening to my other podcast, please feel free, Um, (laughs) I don't, it feels like about, this podcast maybe has three more listeners than the other one does, (laughs) So, so it's not like, oh boy, this is the hot spot to promote the other one. But you know, um, those there's three more. You know, I average thirteen listens on this podcast, and the other one averages ten. So, <laughs> uh, that podcast is called Reading the Li- <clears throat> Sorry, Reading the Library Book, and um, it's it's got a weird link on iTunes. So if you're trying to subscribe to it on iTunes. Um, Know that you can. It'll tell you that it's not available in this country, at least in this country, the United States. Um, And maybe it's fine in other countries. I don't know. Please report back if if you are in another country and you've tried and and it's working or not working. Um, But you can, if you just, like, download the episode, then you can subscribe. Um, So that's a thing you can do. Um, The other thing I was going to tell you about is I am uh, releasing my lullaby album. And um, it's on my website now. I'm telling you guys about it first because, um, yeah, because you're the best. That's why. Uh, So it is at emilyrainbowdavis.com slash lullabies. Uh, so yeah, go there. You can buy the album there. You can also just listen to it there if you want to. Both things are, are possible, listening and buying. Um, it's not on any of the other platforms yet. I'm going to sell it on the website first for a bit while I work out, um, some photo questions. Um, there is a question of, um, just sort of like what is okay for, for parents to have pictures of their kids out into the world. Um, so mostly there's pictures of kittens there. (laughs) Um, but if, if there's a parent who actually wants to have a, a kid, um, that the lullaby was written for connected to that song that I, I want to put there, put that picture there. So, so I'm holding off on, uh, on doing it, um, through all the channels for the moment anyway. Um, but I, I imagine there are not going to be any changes really between now and then. Um, but for now we're just on up on the website. You have the first look, the first, 
Um, yeah, first look. I don't know what the language is. <laughs> uh, well, aside from the parents whose, whose kids a lot of the songs were written for, those, those people got their own copies, um, you know, because their, their kids uh, are sort of in the songs. So, um, but yeah, if you want to check that out, it's emilyrainbowdavis.com slash lullabies. And um, in that spirit, the song here at the end is uh, one of those lullabies. So this one uh, was written for my friend's daughter, Lucinda, who does not go by Lucinda anymore. But I started this song when she was born, which is now six years ago, I think. Anyway, uh, I finally finished it in order to be able to put it out on this album. So um, so this is Lucinda, and uh, yeah, it began, it, it was like mostly complete, and I really don't know why it took me this long to like just polish it up and finish it. But to everything, its own moment, right? Uh, yeah, so this is Lucinda, and I hope that you will enjoy it. Lucinda, Lucinda, take a look around. Lucinda, Lucinda, let yourself sink down into the dreaming sea where all the dreamers meet and laugh together as they roll around. Lucinda, Lucinda, what you see, Lucinda, Lucinda, on the dreaming sea, where everybody floats without the need of boats, or flies around with wings like a honeybee. Lucinda, 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 Lucy, Lucinda, Lucinda, Lucinda. Lucinda, Lucinda, when you are awake Lucinda, Lucinda, don't worry about mistakes You'll fix them in your dreams It's easier than it seems We learn the most from those mistakes we make Lucinda, 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 Lucy Lucinda, 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 Lucy. Lucinda, 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 Lucy. 